Hey, Jumpstarters, I'm your host, Kirsten. And I'm your co-host, Darius. Here at The First Cup, we're an advice-driven podcast to jumpstart your day or wind down your afternoon. Our conversations are centered around empowering millennials to proactively navigate through their careers, relationships, and lifestyle. It's been said, you don't have to be great to start, but you have to start to be great. So grab your cup, Jumpstarters. And take your first sip of a new life. Hey there, Jim Stars. How's it going out there? Hey, everyone. Ding, ding, ding. New series alert. She's making up her own sound effects. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But yes, y'all. Yes. We have a brand new series centered around real estate. What's the name of the series again, Kirsten? So you want to be a homeowner. Yes. So during our first episode, you're going to be able to hear insight from a realtor. Then we're going to speak to a couple that had a home built from the ground. Up. And then for our final episode of the series, we're going to speak to a couple that purchased an existing home. Full disclaimer, these episodes were recorded BC before Corona. Hey, but the content is evergreen, which means it's still relevant today, especially since interest rates in America are the lowest that they have ever been in 50 years. So interest rates are less than 3% right now, which if you know anything about interest rates, that's super low and you need to jump on it. So within this current episode, you're going to be able to hear from the realtor that helped Kirsten and I buy our first home together. <laughs> oh, so touching. <laughs> but within this episode, she's going to tell you how to reach out and find the right realtor for you and your needs. What you should have prepared before reaching out to the realtor and so much more useful content. Am I missing anything, Kirsten? I think you're right on it. Here's more of the conversation. My name is Beth Liller and I am a broker owner of a team with Keller Williams at the Indy Metro Northeast office. Very cool. So tell us about like how you got into the really team. Really tour. What? Where's our Don't worry. I got to sell homes. <laughs> Don't worry. We're definitely cutting that out. <laughs> well, it's funny because people, they always pronounce it realtor, um, mm-hmm. but it's realtor. 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 It's like it's finance. A realtor. Realtor. It's yeah. like finance and finance. Which one is it? Finance? Learning opportunity number one. That's where you're from. Finance, if you're from the South. And that's finance, if you're from the Wait, wait, who is this? He's a finance recruiter. No, 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 no. Who, who's speaking right now? Beth, who do you have with you today? Uh, this is my husband, Sean. Hi, I'm Sean, and I am the spouse of a realtor. Speaking of that, it's like a realtor. <laughs> He's real. <laughs> Hi, Sean. Spouse like a real <laughs> Hi, Sean. <laughs> so how did you get into this line of work um, or this business? Okay, so to try and make a long story short, uh, I'd stayed home with my kids for years, but before that, I worked in the credit repair industry, and then I was also a paralegal at a law firm, and we did collections. So I kind of have the finance collection background of kind of where people start and where they hope to finish. But um, after being a stay-at-home mom, I really wanted to get back to do something, and I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. The the paralegal thing didn't really fit my needs with wanting, wanting to be with my kids. So, um, I ended up getting a job with a mortgage company 
And I did all of their social media, all of their marketing. And then I also helped with credit repair because that was part of my background. So people that wanted to be in a home but didn't know how or they didn't have the credit score, didn't have the credit in general, my job was to help them. So during that, I'm going to go off course here. So during that specific role, what was the most fulfilling experience that you had with a customer? Like, I know the the sales cycle may may be like six to 12 months, but uh, do you have a story? Yeah, actually, there was one gentleman that I worked with and it took us two years. Two years to fix his credit? His credit was horrible. Um, He had a 310 credit score. Oh my gosh. I didn't know that was possible. Yeah. Um, he basically just let his credit go into the trash can and be So that's worse yeah. than not having any credit yeah. established. Oh yeah. Yeah. Wow. Because it's really yeah. hard to come back from something like that. When you've yeah. got a credit score that low, it's kind of like, did they ever tell you in high school, you know, if you didn't do well your first year to try and get a better GPA yeah. as oh, you would go yeah. through high school would be harder. It's the same thing with your credit. When your credit is that trashed, it's really hard to bring it back to a point where you could even buy a house or anyone could buy a house. So I hope you're prepared to come back on the show to talk about credit and finance. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Got a little bit of background there. So, Um, but yeah, it took us two years with him and I would say it was an arduous process because it, it took a lot of dedication on his part, but also on mine just to make sure that he was staying on track. So I'll just give you a a brief little overview of it. What a lot of people don't realize is by not having any credit open, it doesn't help you. So some people are not really wanting to open a credit card, Mm -hmm. but that's super important when you're trying to get your credit score up. You have to show that you can make positive trade line credit payments and not everything that you pay on shows up on your credit. So some people, they might make their rent payments every single month, but they're not being reported to the credit bureaus. Um, If they're not being reported, it doesn't help your credit. So there are certain credit cards, for example, PNC, Fifth Third, um, Capital One, huge. They will report to all three credit bureaus. So you want something that's going to report to all three so that it brings up all of your scores. So that was the one thing. It was really hard. He actually had to do... um, what's called a secured credit card. So he would put money onto a credit card with a bank and then he would use that over the month. So they weren't really extending credit to him, but he was using it almost like we use debit cards today, mm-hmm. but it reports as a credit card. So it's kind of like a prepaid card. Like he bought five exactly. and mm-hmm. then use it. Yeah. Oh, but it was okay. through the bank. So they would report his trade line to the credit bureaus. So that's really what helped him the most was we, we got him two trade, trade line credits. Um, the first year, he was only allowed to have the secured. After this, that first year, when his credit score started to climb a little bit, Capital One gave him a shot. Oh, wow. So and what was his, outside of um, improving his credit score, what was he looking to buy? Or what was the, the motivation really, behind? He, yeah, he just wanted a home score? and he didn't really care if it was... A single family home. It was a condo. He, he just wanted to own something. Wow. That's really what it came down to. And the car that he had wasn't reporting because it was um, 
I don't even remember the name. Shady Firewriter. One of those companies. <laughs> yeah. You should probably edit that. One. No, no, no. You're, you're, you're fine. Yeah, one of those car companies, they don't report. Yeah. They only report if you don't pay. Yeah. And that's what happens with a lot of people. Once you stop paying on something, then all of a sudden it'll show up on your credit report. And a lot of people don't realize that. But they won't mm-hmm. report the positive. So you want to report the positive. You want to get something that's going to report your positive credit. Yeah. But after two years, we got him a house. And it was actually a house. You know, it wasn't... You know, not super expensive. I mean, I think it was one hundred and sixty thousand, but it was his, and that's I mean, gratifying. That, that, that is, is so super yeah. gratifying. I think that's the main thing for us of like just being in a home and like it's yours. Like you don't have neighbors, you don't have someone to kick you out of your own house. Yeah. Like you can paint the walls, you whatever can you do want. whatever you want to do. You can put up crazy Christmas decorations in November oh if you gosh. want. It's like fine. Can we get through Thanksgiving first? <laughs> nope. <laughs> nope. No, actually, Christmas starts November 1st. Yep. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so, <to> me. <laughs> if someone's thinking about buying a home, we know they have to build their credit score up. But what are some other things they need to do before they contact someone like yourself? I mean, really, they can contact you at any time. I don't think that there's a certain time where you have to say, okay, I'm ready to talk to a realtor. You can talk to them whenever you want. Actually, the sooner the better, because if their credit isn't where it needs to be, or if they do need to save up a little bit more money, they can do that throughout the mm-hmm. process. Just because someone contacts a realtor doesn't mean they're ready right that second. We can help them. I get think ready. that's good because we were also listening to some other podcasts, like research, and like this guy was like, "Don't waste my time." And I feel like that's very important to find yeah. a good person to go through this process with. And we're so lucky that we were able to experience this with you. But yeah. there was like some guy that was like, "Don't waste my time. Don't contact me until you're ready." And it's like. That's not how you welcome someone into a new venture. But unfortunately, I mean, okay, so there's 7,000 realtors in the Indianapolis area. Wow. There's a lot of us. And some are in it for the paycheck. And you just have to know that going in. But it's really about finding someone who's going to look after your best interest. And I think you'll know that. I mean, if you meet with someone and you click with them and you feel comfortable with them, that's probably your first sign that you've picked the right person. And I think also going off that is like having that connection to like, I met you through Sean and I work with Sean. So like, I know like if I have someone that's going to validate it, like if I have a bad experience, Sean, why would you refer me to this person? Right. I work with you every day, you know, like, so you want to have that connection, not just that Google search or yeah. website search. But not but. everyone, you know, conveniently works with someone that's married to a realtor. <laughs> well, but if they're listening to our podcast, they have our connection. They can reach out to sure. so That's you know, true. I, I think it's like another business, though. Word of mouth is the yes. strongest. Yeah. I don't do any advertising for myself. Yeah. If, you, if you don't like the service you get from something, you're yeah. not going to tell other people about it. Yes. Yeah, I think that works both ways as well. Just because if you have a negative experience with someone, oh, trust me. Facebook is going to know about it. Twitter is going to yeah. know about it. And that's the other thing. You're always going to hear the negative over the positive too. Most yeah. people, so that, I mean, if they're not happy with something, you're going to hear about that 20 times more than you are if you had a positive experience. So let's just say they, someone doesn't have, uh, you know, a coworker married to a realtor. Um, <laughs> what's the best way? So you just call it a realtor. I know. I, I mixed it up. <laughs> I switched it around. Real tour. Real uh, tour. Like real a real tour. tour. Like oh, a real tour. Real tour. Yeah. Real okay. tour. Real tour. Right. Right. Yeah, I like that. All right, I got it. So let's just say um, they're searching. Do they just hop on Google and look for the nearest realtor? Like, how would they find a some, real tour? Some people do. So, uh, and it all depends 
on the Realtor that, that is promoting themselves. So for example, if you go on to Zillow and you see a house that you like, you, there's a button there that you can click that says contact the agent. You're not contacting the agent that has that house listed. You're contacting the agent that paid Zillow for the zip code. Ooh. They don't tell you that on Zillow. Oh, no. And that's just, that's what they call buying leads. So, and there's nothing wrong with it. There's absolutely nothing wrong with it. I mean, that's the way a lot of realtors get their business. They buy leads. And so when they get one of those phone calls that comes in, they're now that person's hopeful realtor. Mm. So what type of qualities would you suggest people that are going in this venture to look for in a realtor? I think the biggest thing is making sure that you, that you feel like you have a connection with that person. You feel like you can trust them and it doesn't mean that's always going to happen. Um, but really has to be someone that you're comfortable with. Like I was telling you guys before, I mean, I'm not your suit and tie person, or well, not tie, but I'm not, I don't dress in the heels and the suits with the name tags. And yeah. that's just not my personality. I like people to be comfortable around me yeah, so that, you know, they can ask the questions that they want to ask and not feel like they're talking to a suit. But there are some people that that's what they need. Like they need someone to be really, you know, direct in that, so it's, it's really just up to, to up to the people. It's up to the person what they're yeah. comfortable with. And it may be different for a first time homeowner versus someone that is selling their second or third home. Mm-hmm. Right. And um, you may be looking for a realtor that's going to be selling you that half a million dollar house versus the million dollar house. Pro- well, a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, but that's the other thing. Yeah. So it doesn't matter if I sell the condo that I sold today for a hundred thousand, whoop, or if I sell the house on Geist for a million. Huh. It you should treat everyone the same. I agree, and that's something that I just noticed from the beginning with you is like the authenticity, and that's something that I personally look for. And I think that's something that I would encourage our listeners to find in a realtor because, like she said, a lot of people are in it for the money, and that's unfortunate. And you don't want to be in a situation where you have buyer's remorse a couple of days later, or when you're into the house and you hate it and the person they're living their best life with that check and <laughs> you're over here in this home for X amount of years. No, I, I think as, as much as Beth hates to admit, you know, realty is, is sales, but what makes yeah. a good salesperson is customer service yeah. and servanthood. Right. So you have the difference, you know, you can use the used car salesman. You walk in and somebody says, what would it take to put you in this car today? Versus somebody that says, let me show you this car. What are you interested in? Tell me about what you need. It's the same thing with realtors is, you know, I I remember very distinctly when Beth called me and said, Hey, can you bring the vacuum cleaner down the street to so-and-so's house? I was like, you're a realtor. She's like, yeah, I know, but I'm getting ready for a showing and I want it to look nice. And it's those kinds of things I think Mm -hmm. that makes a servant oriented realtor. And that that's the difference between somebody that's in it just for the money and somebody that's in it because they'd like to do it and they like to do things for people. Definitely have to have humility and empathy. Um, yeah. I just think about everyone goes through their own personal wars mm-hmm. every single day. Okay. And as a realtor, realtor, <laughs> realtor, 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 you know what? Jump starters. I'm going to get this right before the end of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, as, a, as a realtor, uh, realtor, you know what, Kirsten? <laughs> Some voiceovers in this editing. Oh, for sure. We'll bring it. Realtor, realtor. Yeah, but it, I think what he's joking about is the 
realtor. Or yeah, three syllables yeah, versus three syllables versus yeah. Two, yeah. We'll have an outtakes version. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's okay. I like numbers. Why not? Um, but what I was going to say is that you you have a life as well, um, and what you go through in your day to day, you're going to bring home, and you wouldn't necessarily want to bring that negativity back into your household. True. So it's it's important to to give out the good energy to receive yeah. the good, great energy. Yeah, and it's it is it's twenty four seven job. I mean, there's yeah, there's not a break or anything. But you know, I I love it. So the biggest question I get is, what do I do first? Mm-hmm. So that's when I want to give them our um, lender. Lender's huge because that's where you're going to get your pre approval from. So you might get some questions from people about, well, you know, how much money do I have to have? What, you know, what's my down payment? Um, you know, what do I need to be approved for? And I have a couple of answers that I'll usually get to with that. Um, main thing is if you're a first time home buyer, you might not need to have any money down. There are a lot of first time home buyer programs out there where you don't have to put a cent down. Now it doesn't work for everybody because it's all based on your income. But if your income is within those parameters, and I don't know exactly what they are, that's really a question for the lender. But if you fit in in that in that box, you don't have to have a bunch of money saved up. Because honestly, if you're a millennial or a young person, why would you want to put twenty percent down yeah. to not have PMI, which is private mortgage insurance? Yeah. If chances are you're not going to be in that house for thirty years anyway, so just put down at minimum three and a half percent of your purchase price. Yeah. I think that's really big. And that goes back to like what we were just talking about of having a relationship with your realtor, because a lot of people don't like to discuss their finances. Mm -hmm. And when you're going through this process, that has to be something that's very open and transparent between you and your lender. So I think that's definitely something that you have to hold yourself accountable for. Yeah, absolutely. So I only want to spend about $1,500 a month on my home. Okay. That is the best Thing for me to hear personally. Ooh. So here, here's why. I always tell people, my clients especially, that they should not focus on the purchase price of the home. Yes. Focus on what you want to spend per month. Then when you talk to the lender, they will be able to tell you what you can afford for that price. So whether it's $1,500, 2000 I mean, whatever they decide is their budget, those are the homes that we're going to look for. Mm-hmm. And what I also, I don't know if you guys watch a lot of the home shows, yep. the house hunters or whatnot, where the agents will show them houses that are above the price point of what they want to spend. Why do they do that? I don't, unless they I want you to. So when you give me a budget, if you say you only want to see houses that are 200000 I might show you up to 210 because if they've been on the market for a while, we probably have some wiggle room to maybe talk them down to a a lower price, especially now because it's a buyer's market. But at the same time, you really want to keep your clients in their budget where they're comfortable, the money Mm -hmm. that they want to spend. So if you, if you can tell me, which will transfer to the lender, Hey, I only want to spend X amount of dollars. And you also have to specify what that $1,500 would include. Well, are you including your utilities or is that just your mortgage payment? Is that just your mortgage and insurance? Is that your mortgage, insurance, HOA, all of your utilities? 
you kind of need to have the whole picture because it might not be 1500 that might drop you down to 12. Yeah. Also, Homeowners Association is HOA. Okay, the next question that we get a lot is, you're looking for a new home. Do you buy an existing home or a new build? What is your rule of thumb or your advice? Okay, so it all depends on the person. I mean, this is one of those questions where everybody is different. Yeah. So if you have some time, for example, six months, because in general, to do a new build, you're looking at a six-month, at least a six-month time frame to start that build and to finish. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's longer, sometimes it's a little bit shorter. It just depends on which builder you go with. But if you build, use a realtor. Do not go into that builder without someone representing you. Why do you say that? Oh, this is going to sound horrible. The builders are in it for themselves. Okay, so... I hate to say that they're not looking out for your best interest, but they're not looking out for your best interest. <laughs> but if you have an agent with you, they are going to look out for your best interest. And I, builders are great. Don't, don't take that the wrong way. But at the same time, they're just looking to get their house built and sold. Yeah, the lots. They're trying to sell the lots. They're trying to sell. Yeah. But even the houses themselves. So yeah. If you have, what I always tell my clients when we go in for a new build, we are always going to have a separate inspection. If that house is in the process of being built, it's usually a three-point inspection. We'll inspect when the foundation is poured. We'll inspect when the framing and electrical is in, and then we're going to inspect at the end before we close. So those are my three points as an agent when you're working with someone who's building a home. Because I'm not saying the builders won't do a good job, but you just want to make sure it's done right. So Mm -hmm. if you have another set of eyes that comes in and looks at that and and does the inspection for you and says, oh, there has not been one build that I've done with a client where it hasn't had an issue. Wow. I think that's a volume issue too. It's a, yeah, they're busy. They're, they're doing a lot of houses they're doing a lot. at the yeah. same time. And, and it's not, it's nothing against malicious. them. Yeah. They're not trying to be they malicious just, they miss things. Whereas a realtor is like, I'm looking for one home for one, for this client at this point. So they can keep that's it. So they make sure it's built right. That's yeah. so good. Yeah. It's definitely not malicious at all. It's just one of the things where you want that agent to look out for you because the builder's looking out for their interests. Mm-hmm. You need someone looking out for yours. And as a buyer, you don't pay an agent. So I don't know if a lot of people know that, but when you are a buyer, you do not pay our commissions. The commissions are paid by the seller every single time. So, so is that the same? You're getting builders? free representation. Yes. And the builders will pay us the commission. I think that's important too, because when we bought our home, we were in a unique situation. So we had an existing home, but it was a new build than the mm-hmm. fact that no one has ever lived here. And so we were buying it from the builders per yes, se. Yes, there, there you go, Beth. Thank you for <laughs> yes, that. So spec home, can you tell us kind of what spec home for people that yeah, may not so know? Spec homes are great because for someone who wants to move into something right away, like they don't want to wait the six months. Most builders have what are called spec homes. So they're homes that are already built. They're brand new Everything has already been picked out for them, but the average Joe can walk in from the street and buy it and close on it and be in it within, you know, a couple of weeks. And that's exactly what we did. That's what you guys did. And we were nervous. We were like, do we need an inspection? Like, it's a brand new home. No one's lived in it. And Beth told us to definitely do it. Thankfully, we didn't have anything wrong in the inspection, but but it's better to know than to wonder. The house we've lived in now for 20 years was a spec home. Was a spec home. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. First came to Indianapolis. Yeah, it actually wasn't even built. So it was a spec lot, but all of the mechanic, everything had been figured out for the lot that we bought. 
We couldn't change. Well, they the didn't. Couldn't, they, change, yeah, the couldn't change the footprint. Couldn't change the footprint. Could pick the brick and the, the siding and the rooftop, but the footprint was exactly yeah, as. But different from theirs, where they bought it, and uh-huh. I mean, this, Move this is what we got. Yeah, we, and this is a blessing in disguise, just because we probably looked online alone probably 50 to 75 houses and in person probably close to 25 houses mm-hmm. and it's exhausting yeah we and looked at a lot <laughs> we looked at a lot right so that would sell but you when also we were know when you know i mean yeah. yeah that's what people ask me like well you know how do i know if it's I was like you're gonna know if it's the right house for you. yes when yeah. you walk in you're you're it's, gonna feel it. You know, it's kind of like that say yes to the dress show. Like, when, when, <laughs> you know, when you put on the, you know, like, yeah. you know that that's the dress for you. Same thing with a house. If you walk into a house, feels like home, pretty good spot that you're gonna. That's a good point from that. earlier, Kirsten. You were talking about when to reach out to a realtor. Mm-hmm. It's never too early because if you wait till you're ready, you may have somewhere between three weeks and 12 months of, of looking for houses, right? Yeah. If you reach out early and start looking at things when maybe you're not quite ready, when you are ready, you know what you want. So yeah. your particular instance, you knew what you wanted. So when you landed on this one, you're like, Boom. that's it. Yeah. And I've had yeah. both sets of clients where we've looked for months before they found what they want and others walked in first house and it was like, oh my gosh, this is it. Really? Mm-hmm. So everybody's different. But if you jump out here, if you ask or reach out, you know, when you feel like you might be ready. I mean, you don't know how long it's going to take. Thank you for listening to the First Cup Podcast. Head over to our website, thefirstcuppodcast.com for show notes and all downloadable content from today's episode. Don't forget to follow us on all social media platforms at the First Cup Podcast. And of course, wherever you're listening, hit that subscribe button, rate and review to let us know how you like today's show. Thank you for listening and taking the first sip of a new life.